It's the Ambiguously Blind Podcast with your host, a guy that's great at hearing, but terrible at listening, John Grimes. Hey, hey, and thanks for joining us. Welcome from the Ambiguously Blind studio. In this conversation, we'll touch on many things, vision and retinitis pigmentosa, as well as being technologically challenged and lots of things grilling with our guest, who is, among many things, a Christian evangelist, husband, father, quite an outdoorsman, and a YouTube sensation as the founder of Blind Grilling, now the host of the Blind Grilling Experience. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome the most interesting griller in the world, Chris Peltz. Hey, Chris. Thanks for joining us. How are you today? Hey, man, doing great. And I'm just really excited to be on Ambiguously Blind podcast and uh, really been looking forward to this and, and the conversation. Yeah, I think it'll be a good one. Um, so let's just start conversating then. Uh, Absolutely. Tell me a little yeah. bit about your vision, Chris. What's um, give, me the, give me the overview. Yeah, well, uh, when I was 10 years old, I was actually in the middle of a cornfield coon hunting and realized that I was having some vision issues that I hadn't been having, you know, over the last year or two prior to that. And um, we started going to eye doctors and trying to figure out what was happening with my vision. And at the time, my dad was in the military and they medevaced me to Denver, Colorado at uh, a, a hospital that was called Fitzsimmons, which is now a children's hospital in Denver, but they diagnosed me with retinitis pigmentosa, which uh, basically meant that uh, I was losing my night vision, my peripheral vision. It was going down into small tunnels. And so from the time I was 10 to 16, I lost 80% of my vision. And and it just continued from there. Um, you know, when I was 10, that was 1984. And so, um, you know, I'm 46 now. And so about 13 years ago, um, you know, I got to the where I really had no usable vision. I'd lost my left eye a few years prior to that. And then finally my right eye. Um, and with the exception of bright light, like a sunlight or a really bright flashlight, just right in the right spot, um, you know, I have no vision, um, just, uh, you know, no shapes, no colors, no shadows or anything like that. Uh, and so that's what it's been for about the past 13 years. And um, it's, you know, it was a kind of a long, slow process, but um, it it eventually took, you know, everything that was usable. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you know lots of people with a similar condition? Have you met folks like that or? You know, in the past three years, I would, I've met a lot of folks. Um, I've met more people in the past three years with, with visual impairments as a whole, uh, but particularly uh, RP or retinitis pigmentosa um, than I've ever known, you know, in, in, you know, um, 30 years of, of dealing with it myself. Um, so I, I know a few now, um, but um, I, you know, I don't have a lot of blind or visually impaired uh, friends necessarily. I've got a few, um, but, um, you know, I, even fewer than that though, that have retinitis pigmentosa. Mm -hmm. So is your acuity would be labeled as uh, zero or totally blind, just slight light sensitivity or, or what would you say that it is? Um, I, well, of course I always say no usable vision. Uh, because even if there's a bright light, I mean, that literally I can just say, all right, there's a light <laughs> that's, and that's it. And, and, uh, even sitting in a room, um, you know, someone turns the light on or the lights go out, you know, like something like that. I can't even tell that for the most part. So, mm -hmm. uh, it's really gotta be something super bright, um, sunlight directly in the eye or something like that. So, um, so basically no real visual acuity. And when you tell people that, or when people know you or uh interact with you uh what is usually the most common misconception someone may have of someone in your situation um with that kind of vision um you, you know um being able to do anything um just as a whole i mean that's um <clears throat> that um that's probably the biggest mis you know oh how can you do that how can you um you know, accomplish some of the things that you've accomplished. How, how does that work? You know, a lot of times when they find out certain things that I've done or that I'm doing, 
you know, and you know how how does that happen? You know, how is that possible? Uh, just because they they don't understand either technology or any other you know whether it's adaptive equipment or just adaptive ways of doing things and getting them done, um, and so uh, that's probably the biggest thing. I haven't had any really negative experiences that you know haven't you know been able to be turned around into something positive in a teaching moment. Everyone really seems to be. Um, truly interested, you know, rather than just uh, always blind, he can't do nothing. You know, they may have that attitude at first, but then they're like, wait a minute, he actually can't do something. And, and then they're, they're intrigued and, uh, yeah. and they ask a lot of questions and, and uh, we can move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so in your time uh, with this condition, uh, do you have used a guide dog or cane or some other device for mobility purposes or how do you get around? So right now I'm using a cane. Of course, when I first started losing my sight, you know, went through mobility training with the cane. And in 1995, I went and got my first guide dog. And and that was an amazing experience in and of itself. And he was an amazing dog. He, he had some health issues that retired early. Um, and overall I've had three dogs. So I, you know, uh, John or Bubba was the first one. Uh, there was Gregory and then Navarone was my last guide dog and Navarone retired two years ago. Uh, I barely, I guess maybe three years ago. Uh, and, um, about a year and a half ago passed away. But, uh, since then I've used my cane and, um, if I don't have a cane, then I usually have a sighted guide with me. But uh, right now it's cane travel. Uh, big difference between cane and, and dog travel, but um, just the situation at hand at this point in my life, um, it's it's you know, and and plus with the coronavirus, everything else going on, it's just not feasible to go and get another dog for me right now. So I'm gonna stick with cane travel right now. And is guide travel um, in your future again, or you you just don't know? I, I really don't know. Um, I, I doubt it, but you know, things change. I mean, I, I went a couple of years between my second and third dog and I, I thought after the second one, I'd probably be done. And then things changed and I went and received my third dog and I had him for, um, you know, 10 years working and it was awesome. And, um, you know, and now it's, you know, things have changed again. And so it, it's just really hard to say. I mean, you know, life changes and, and situations, circumstances. Um, at this point, if things were to remain the way they are, no, I would not uh, go and get another one. But who knows? Things things might change again, and that would be a good route for me. Mm-hmm. Do you wear uh, glasses or some sort of protective eyewear or anything? I like wear that? sunglasses, yeah. I, I, I just wear uh, a dark sunglass. Um, um, I, I've got Costas, so, you know, my, a lot of folks are, um, uh, interested in, in sunglass brands. <laughs> yeah, I am. Tell yeah. me, tell me more about that. Yeah. So, um, so I mean, the Costas are, you know, they, you know, made by a company that really focuses on water sports, water, you know, fishing, um, polarized stuff, but, um, you know, that's, it, it, you know, they, they have really good, um, you know, eyewear for, um, you know, for eye protection, as far as that goes, um, you know, so the high resist or all the high impact, you know, um, resistance, you know, so they're certified, uh, the ones I have anyway, if, if you're going to go and shoot a firearm or, uh, or something like that. But, um, um, but yeah, that, that's what I wear and, and I, I have them on pretty much all the time. And you're no stranger to the firearms. You're uh, quite right. the outdoorsman, are you not? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love it. Love outdoors. Love, love hunting, fishing, uh, all of that. And uh, you know, we found ways to get it done. And uh, um, you know, just through some regular um, means, regular technology. Um, just you know, a red dot. In fact, we use a red dot scope on both rifle, shotgun, crossbow, and um, able to have a, someone sighted guide. You know, line my shot up from behind me, looking over my shoulder, and and. Um, and yeah, I, I enjoy hunting, you know, shooting all together. And, um, it, it's been great for my family. Uh, we do that together. Um, and we try to spend as much time outdoors as possible. What's your, uh, best catch? Um, 
Man, that's that's a tough one. Um, okay, what's your favorite catch? My well, okay, so my favorite thing to fish for right now is white bass because they they run kind of like you know we. The best way I can describe it is like uh, you see on these outdoor channels where they're up in Alaska and the salmon are running and the bears are out in the middle as the salmon are jumping and they're catching the salmon because they're running up river to spawn. Mm -hmm. Well, white bass run from the lakes up the rivers here in the Midwest. And, uh, and, and it is, it's similar to that. I mean, they are not only jumping, but if you're in waders and you go out and you stand in the middle of these smaller rivers, uh, I mean, there will literally be hundreds of white bass that are just bumping up against your legs as they're trying to swim past you and go upstream to spawn. Uh, it, it's a really cool experience, and uh, and I love fishing for for white bass. So that's probably my favorite altogether. Uh, my brother-in-law is getting me more into trout fishing, uh, which is fun, um, you know. But uh, generally, you know, grew up, you know, catfish, bass, and crappie kind of thing. But the white bass is is always been one of my favorites. Sounds like you're kind of the bear in the uh, river there with the white bass. Then that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, although uh, while they're swimming past, you know, you you're still got to use a rod and reel <laughs> to get out there. Uh, so they're they're jumping up around you, and, and uh, yeah, it, it's it's really cool. I mean, just the experience of hearing them when they're spawning and running up river, and then you know you can just hear how they're dancing on top of the water they come up out of the water their tail is you know flapping and and uh, you know slapping the water a couple of times before they you know splash back into it and it's just it's a really neat experience and as cool as it is to see when i was younger being able to see it i enjoy it even more now just hearing it happen i think it's just really awesome to sit and just listen uh, when, when all that is going on around you. Mm -hmm. Do you know of any, uh, like research or programs or things that are, that are doing, um, things to make RP better? Or do you, do you feel like in your lifetime you'll have any, any restoration to any of your vision? I, you know, I've, I've really gone back and forth on this, uh, as far as, um, hopefulness or what you know you maybe you might say but um I, I, they're they're always working on it right right i think on every type of um of eye disease eye problem eye you know vision loss they're working on restoring it rp they've got different um, organizations groups that are set up to study that specifically and and it's my understanding they've made some progress in various forms but um uh, you know, uh, they've been saying that for 20 years. I mean, yeah. it, it, you know, they've been saying that a long time. Well, we've made progress. We've made cro progress. And okay, great. You know, but, um, you know, it, it, we still have people losing their vision to RP. And uh, apparently the progress hasn't been that um, substantial, I guess, in some ways. Um, but the, but it's always changing. I mean, you know, where they're at now uh, is probably, you know, uh, just leaps and bounds from where they were 20 years ago. But nevertheless, you know, we still have people losing their vision to it. So uh, certainly no cure um, and no one just being completely restored. But uh, they're working towards it. And if that option, that opportunity came to me, um I mean, I got nothing to lose, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I would, I would, yeah, whatever, you yeah, know, let's yeah. try it. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's tough kind of, kind of chasing that stuff too, because as you're right, um, there's things, things are evolving, <coughs> there's research and, and medical tests and trials and things that are going on, but it's, and I have friends and family that keep up with that more than I do. Um, you know, and, and I know some folks with RP that, you know, they're, they're always, you know, oh, they're, you know, they're doing this testing, they're doing that. And, and I, I've, I don't ever remember Googling, you know, advancements or anything like that. You know, someone will call me, oh, there's a new story on this. They'll email me, they'll text me a link and, and I'll go and I'll read the story, the link or whatever, but I'm not seeking out all of that myself. Um, but I have a lot of friends and family that are. Mm -hmm. Well, something that does kind of make vision more, um, easier for, for people with impairments is technology. And I think you are a self-described 
um, what did you call yourself? Um, technologically challenged. Challenged, yes. <laughs> okay, well, uh, even though you are technology technologically challenged, there are a lot of technologies I believe you probably use in your daily life. Um, I think, for me at least, the biggest game changer has probably been the iPhone and yeah. most of the um, Apple products once they put the the voiceover as a built-in thing is is that kind of what you've experienced with the iPhone? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's that's probably been the greatest piece of technology in my entire lifetime that has changed what I've been able to do as someone with a, you know, with a vision impairment. Um, the iPhone has been hands down the the greatest advancement, the greatest piece of technology that um, that I've ever had and, and, and have now it, it, it has changed everything. Yeah. And you were an early adopter, I think got in at the three GS right. model, which was the first one that had voiceover built in, which is when I got in as well, which I think was yeah. in 2009 and man, it's just, it's incredible. The, um, yeah. the opportunities that are there in that little device for, for folks like us. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it it was absolutely incredible, and I I was I was blown away because I was struggling so much with various phones and uh, operating systems, and uh, someone at the guide dog school that I went to out in California, they actually because uh, I was contacting them about GPS systems and and various things, and and they had mentioned that they're looking into the the iphone and so i was intrigued and so i started looking into it and yeah i, I think by january of 2010 i had my first uh, iphone 3gs mm -hmm. yeah i it was it's just so cool too because i'd had itunes and i mean i was a windows user but i had itunes and um, ipods sort of there was a ipod shuffle which is one, I mean, I had an iPod, but I really couldn't use it because I couldn't see the controls on it. But then they came out with a shuffle, which was this, did you, have you, are you familiar with that one? No, actually, um, I, I've never had an iPod or anything like that. Okay. In fact, prior to my getting the iPhone in January, um, my first Apple product as a whole was in uh, Black Friday of 2009. Um, we got my wife a iMac, one of the very first 27-inch iMacs that they came out with. Mm -hmm. And um, while she's using it, I, I found out there was something called voiceover. And so so I was way behind the curve when it came to technology on this and uh, started using it. But I had no idea about their phones or anything like that. And, um, and so... Uh, no, my first piece, uh, anything Apple or Mac was, you know, uh, Black Friday of 2009 in November. And um, I haven't looked back since, but um, but I've never had the the iPod or anything like that because the phone does all that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the 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 shuffle was the first iPod that I'm aware of, at least that had uh, voiceover built into it and it didn't have a display. It was like um I don't know, maybe like two inches square was the, the whole thing. And it had a button, just a one button on the front. And you would just navigate through, essentially through voice commands. Uh, you could turn voiceover on and off. Otherwise, all you could do is shuffle songs. That's why it was called the shuffle. And so that was really when I got excited. Uh, and then it wasn't soon thereafter that the, they added voiceover to a nano iPod. I'm, I'm huge into music. I'm a big music fan. So this was a big breakthrough for me. And then a buddy of mine who is a, a big technology guy um, told me about the 3GS. Uh, he's like, hey, did you know that the 3GS is coming out with, with voiceover built in? I was like, no. And within 24 hours of knowing that, I had one. Yeah. Um, I was with a, an, another carrier. And at that time in 2009, AT&T was the only carrier that had the iPhone. So yeah. within 24 hours, I switched carriers and um had an iphone that was quite a quite a momentous occasion for me yeah yeah it, it was it was huge for me too i mean i went from a windows operating phone with a you know uh, a, a reader you know a voice yeah. um i had a know, motorola q or q9 q9 yeah, yeah that's what i had yeah, yeah and it exactly had a mobile speak smartphone was the software that was loaded on it yeah 
that was yep. all kinds of bugs and it was very robotic right. and yeah. it was yeah my windows it continued worked, you know their their history and they continued it was something you always had to reboot shut it down and reboot it yeah. so uh it was it was frustrating i mean it got the job done i mean you know it, it was better than nothing but sometimes it was it was nothing <laughs> so, with, with my experience uh, with the motorola q was that it got me into the world of texting uh, right. i was not able to text. i mean i had a phone of course a cell phone but i wasn't able to text with the t9 and i you know i obviously just couldn't see the the typing yeah. and so that got me into text the text world um but it was probably about eight to ten months after that that i got into the i was introduced to like the real world of with with the iphone yeah 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 it's awesome so other than the iphone or i guess apple products in general because that all the voiceover stuff is what we're talking about here what what's the best piece of technology you've um you've owned you know i there's probably there's really three that immediately pop into my mind when you ask me about you know technology and, and, and I'm assuming you're asking about technology that helps for you know being blind or visually impaired and so um, when, when it comes to that there is um, the flame boss which is a controller for the grill you know something that um, you know, it has allowed me to be completely independent when it comes to using a charcoal grill and monitoring the temperature of the grill of the meat and, and you know, and controlling it. Um, and, and it's accessible. It's not, it, it wasn't made or built or, or marketed as, you know, a, a blind accessible tool. It, it's, it's, for everyone, it, it was intended for the sighted, but the company is so awesome. They made it accessible for the blind and visually impaired as well. And and so that's been a huge game changer for me in a lot of ways with, with a lot of what I do. So so the Flame Boss is probably the first piece. Um, the Braille Note, and I've got, I've had the Apex, which is, I've had it for, for 11 years now. I got it in the summer of 2010, Braille Note Apex, which is a um, electronic Braille display, uh, almost like a computer without a screen. It's got a, I've got a QWERTY keyboard on mine, uh, electronic Braille display, so I can actually, you know, take notes, make outlines, do different things, and then read the Braille uh, from the Braille digital Braille display or, or uh, electronic Braille display. And that is probably the most used next to the iPhone. That's probably my most used piece of equipment um, <clears throat> for for my everyday. I mean, use it every day. I use that thing absolutely every day. And so, uh, so that that that's probably you know that that would be the next thing. The uh, the and finally the third thing would be something that you actually have. I know, um, and and that is uh, a piece of technology called the Roadcaster Pro. I do, <laughs> I do have one of those. Yeah, and you know, again, it's not one of the most blind friendly necessary, but it is a piece of equipment that has really changed how I do some of my work. It, it's allowed me to do more live streaming for the church that I work with, it, it, for blind grilling organization that I work with, um, with you know, podcasting, other things that I do. It, it has really opened up uh, a means for that to happen. Um, and it, it's it's been a, a game changer as well. And so those would be probably my top three um, you know, next to the iPhone. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's switch up to the most, um, your best piece of low tech gear or thing that you have. Um, of course a cane is low tech for sure. Yes. Right. Um, you know, there are some high tech canes. Are you aware of those? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I don't have any of those. Yeah. I, I've got a low tech folding cane mm -hmm. that, and that's, um, that's about it. But uh, felt tabs that I stick on my oven, <laughs> you know, and uh, and mark things with with just a little felt tab, you know, a little piece of sticky 
uh, on one side, stick it on, you know, the start button, the bake button, you know, that, that's, those things have been, those things have been great. <laughs> you know, I was like, where's this button? Where, you know, and, and sticking those on things have, uh, have been awesome. So that there's a piece of low tech, uh, that's very you know, low tech. Yeah. 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 Right. So in, in fact, I remember the first time my wife ever marked up, uh, like a microwave or an oven, she she found those on on a website for the blind and visually impaired, and she had these felt uh, things for the bottom of chairs to keep them from scuffing your your floors, mm-hmm. your wood floors, yeah. and you put them on your bottom of your chairs. And so she just she had a couple extras and she just cut them, <laughs> and and stuck those, and they were great. They were great. Um, and so uh, yeah, that 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 was awesome. As most of your computer experience been with uh windows or mac it sounds like maybe mac now but was it windows before or you it it was windows before i mean i you know uh in jobs i've held previously um you know growing up you, you know growing up in school they were starting to teach you dos you know that we were starting to get into you know some of those things but one, once I left, you got out of school, once I started getting in the workforce, everything was Windows. I had, you know, Windows, uh, PCs. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to remember what I had prior to Windows 95. I don't know. Yeah, it was Windows <laughs> um, 3.0. You know, yeah. I had something. Yeah. Uh, but <clears throat> but it's, it's been Windows from um, a, a couple of years prior to Windows 95 um, and then going, you know, 98, 2000. Um, you know, and so I had Windows up until, uh, and even beyond 2009, because, um, <clears throat> uh, you know, my wife got the iMac, uh, and and that's when uh, in 2010 I got the, you know, had the my wife had the iMac, I had the iPhone, and I was still using a Windows computer, and it it crashed, it, it was gone. I needed a new computer, and it just so happened that I had to upgrade my Jaws software that I was using for for the speech and because I used zoom text for a while and then I had to go to jaws and it was going to cost me an exorbitant amount of money not only to get a laptop that I needed for work but also to upgrade the jaws because it wasn't a free upgrade I mean you had to pay mm-hmm. uh, for this upgrade and I had an old version of jaws so it was going to be almost like buying a new version altogether and I was like, well, how, what about just buying a, a MacBook? And that's what I did. I bought a MacBook Pro and it was, it was cheaper. Everyone said, oh, you know, the, the Macs are so much more expensive. But because I was needing that screen reader, the Mac was actually cheaper for me when I went to the MacBook Pro at the time. So, um, so you know, mid 2010, you know, late, you know, leading up to 2011, I went and became <clears throat> just completely engulfed, immersed in the Apple ecosystem. And was that and a pretty, pretty back. easy experience jumping? Was in? it what? pretty easy experience jumping into that? Like it was with the iPhone? Uh, you know, I mean, there was definitely a learning curve. Um, but yeah, overall it, it, it was because a lot of the keystrokes as far as the hand typing motion were the same. The keys were called something different rather than, rather than alt, it was command. But, um, you know, the, a lot of the keystrokes were the same, whether, you know, instead of alt tab, command tab, rather than alt C or alt V, you know, command C, command V. I mean, so in, in there, those you know, the command and alt were placed in the same area, right to the left of the, you know, exactly to the left of the spacebar, and, and so those keystrokes were exactly the same, you know, that I was used to, uh, even though they called them something different. Um, you know, the and the voiceover commands became, you know, pretty easy. I mean, I, I again a learning curve, but it wasn't so astronomically, you know, difficult that. Um, and I'm not a smart guy. I am, I truly am technologically challenged Mm -hmm. and I was able to do it. Um, and, um, yeah, it, 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 uh, and it was worth it, I think. Yeah. So uh, my next question was going to be about the software you used otherwise. So it sounds like you had some experience with JAWS. 
and yeah. Zoom text. Was there any right. other software um, that you use in addition to that with the Windows ecosystem? No, not really. Um, that that was pretty much it. Um, I had a Braille printer, and and that was probably the, my biggest setback when it, moving from Windows to uh, you know to Mac was. I think there was only one Braille printer at the time that would work. And, um, you know, that um, that was kind of a, a big setback <laughs> for a little bit, mm-hmm. but we got through it. Um, but other than that, no, uh, no, that, that was the only software that, uh, as far as adaptive software that I used. And in your opinion now, VoiceOver just runs circles around uh, Jaws and or Zoom text or things like that, or are they kind of equivalent? I, you know, I think it would be unfair for me to try and say because th- there I cannot imagine that Jaws and or Zoom text have not improved since two thousand nine or ten, and and that's the last time I have had any contact with them, and so. I, I think it would be unfair for me to say, mm-hmm. um, you, you know, because I don't, I don't know what kind of advancements they've made and where they're at today. I, I know that with voiceover, um, it, it works and I've been able to use it and, and, you know, being immersed in this ecosystem with my phone, you know, laptop, uh, iPad with everything just working together. Um, I, I can imagine throwing something in that didn't just work with it and, you know, and trying to find workarounds. Um, and because of that, I, I, you know, I'll stick with Mac, but I just don't know how far along they've come in the past 11 years. Yeah. I think they've come, I think they've come pretty far because I still use, uh, I use Zoom text. I've used mm-hmm. it for um, over 20 years now, and it certainly has evolved um, quite a bit in that time, obviously. But um, it's it it still leaves a lot to be desired, in my opinion, um, because it's still an add-on. You know, if I kind of think of it like that mobile speak smartware software, it wasn't designed, you know, uh, which is what's so great about Apple is that it's it's all designed to work together. Um, right. Zoom text adapts itself to work on a Windows um, platform. So whenever Windows changes something, Zoom text has to change something, and and so and it's also additional. You know, it's it's an additional piece of hard, uh, software that has to be purchased, and it is not it's not cheap. It is it's a commit it's a commitment um, yeah. to have that stuff as well. So I myself am I've, I've been on the fence for a while, especially since having the the iPhone. In, in just making the leap into the, the Apple um, all the way in. And I've got some friends that are telling me I'm crazy for not doing it, but I do work in the, the business world and it's just not, and where I am, it's just not an Apple friendly environment. So regardless of whether I was using an Apple personally or at home, I would still be using a uh, Windows device at work. So um, I'm kind of in that in-between land um, but I'm, I'd like to jump over there and, and be, be totally in, but Apple is also, they are proud of their products, you know? Yeah, they are. And yeah. And that's where the PCs have gotten. So, and I don't mean to say cheap as in cheaply made as much as they, they just don't cost much. You can buy a, a, you know, a decent PC laptop cheap, you know, it doesn't, you know, a couple hundred bucks, you know, I mean, definitely under a grand for sure, easily, Um, you know, but then you got to buy the software, you know, and so once you, once you put all that together, you're, you're looking at, um, you know, pretty close, if not over what a a Mac or MacBook is going to be Mm -hmm. um, in most instances. And, and, and that's where it, um, then it becomes, you know, the, the, you know, the price isn't as big of an issue now because they're on level ground. The, the difference is, you know, the OS, Apple, it, you know, has built it in so it works and it works with every upgrade. It, it is um, in, it's in that system that, um, you know, when one thing changes, it, it it's changed 
um, with a view of making sure it also, you know, mm-hmm. works with, you know, that accessibility feature. So, uh, so that's been the really nice thing, you know, that Apple has done and, uh, and, and why I'm so glad I made the change, but I can definitely see, you know, if, if you're using it at work all the time, but if you're using it at work, you can, you know, maintain that knowledge, um, you know, and then just, you know, and switch on in your personal, uh, but, yeah, it, so I, I, I can just, see where that could be a challenging decision to make. Yeah, I should just do it, you're saying? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, why, yeah. why hey, it's your money, not mine. Exactly. So, yeah, go for it. How do you spend somebody else's money? So, right. before we get off of the technology topic, I want to know what you think about uh, smart cars or self-driving autonomous vehicles and things. You, you have a feel for those, or do you think you'll, you think you'll be driving anytime Man. soon? They've been around a long time. I know a lot of folks are thinking, oh, they're coming, they're coming. Listen, when I was 12 to 16 years old, we had self-driving cars. It was called, hey, mom, look, no hands. (laughs) Yikes. Uh, Okay. So, you know, they're exciting. I, I think they will work. I think they would be an amazing addition to this world. The problem is man. And that's been the problem since the beginning of of the world, right? Man has screwed everything up. And, and that's, what's going to happen with the smart cars. They are going to work great and do everything they're designed to do. And even for someone who's blind or visually impaired, it's going to be an amazing, uh, accessible feature the problem is not you know until everyone has one you've got people out there making mistakes you know um, my daughter and i were hit head on by a distracted driver last year and um a, a self-driving car would not have stopped that accident it, it just wouldn't have happened because that you know some idiot was distracted and, and he he messed up big time and so even with self-driving cars, um, there's all kinds of things. And I mean, the technology today to avoid accidents, to keep you in the lane that you're in, to, you know, warn you before you change lanes, or if you're going to change lanes, there's someone next to you, the warnings that are given, all of that is there and, and works great. But when you've got someone who doesn't have that technology and they mess up, that technology isn't going to save and and so there's going to be issues still uh, until it gets to the point where every vehicle, you know, is doing it. And uh, so I don't think that'll ever be seen in my lifetime. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I think I'm I'm kind of with you on for most of that. Um, I, it's it's kind of the wild west of 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 autos, I guess, or automobile vehicles. And I think you're right. I think everybody need, it, it needs to be all or none to, for it to work in, in a more harmonious way. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I, I just, I can't tell what's, what's science fiction and, and what's real and, and when it will be real. Yeah. And I mean, I think they're out there. I mean, I've, I've, uh, <laughs> I know somebody that the husband and wife, they have Teslas and they live in a home where, they can hit a button and the Tesla pulls up to the door and they get in and they drive away. And when they get out of the, out of, when they get home, they get out at their front door, they hit a button and their Tesla goes and parks itself. I mean, it's, you know, that in essence, that's Mm self-driving, you know, in a, in a very controlled environment, but nevertheless, it is self-driving. I mean, it's, what they're doing with these cars is really amazing. So that, that is there and they'll probably be on the road. There are things, you know, there, and there are some, in some ways they're on the road already. Um, but for it to be feasible for someone who's blind or visually impaired, and that's really what, what my statement previously was really about. There will be self-driving cars. They, they will, they will be out there. Um, but, um, you know, it, it's scary uh, in, in some some ways, but it's really cool and exciting in others because mm-hmm. what they're able to do. Let me ask you in, in a different way. You, I think you may have already said no to this, but do you think in your lifetime you'll take a trip to the grocery store to get a gallon of milk? 
in a car by yourself? No, I won't. Now, will someone who's blind or visually impaired in my lifetime? I think that's possible. Um, but in my lifetime, that technology is going to be outrageously expensive. Yeah, that's, and, yeah. and I won't be able to do that. But do I think it will happen? I I think it might. I, you know, depending on how long I live, you know, uh, let's say, I, you know, another 40 years, I'll be 86. So in another 40 years, will that happen? I, I think it's very possible. I really do. All right. Well, let's talk about grilling. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, the blind grilling experience. Uh, tell me a little bit about the kind of the origin of that and where the where that started. So, you know, the blind grilling experience is is now a podcast which began a few months ago, and it was a changing of the guard in some ways from the YouTube channel. Um, six years ago. I, I did a, my first cooking video, which I posted on my personal Facebook page um, with, my, with my kids. And, and then I decided, you know what, I, I was doing work for social, in, in social media for other companies, um, hunting and fishing outfitters. And they, they retired. They you know, were moving on. And I still wanted to do something in the social media realm. And so... Uh, so I started the blind grilling Facebook page and then, um, you know, time is flying, I guess, you know, three and a half years now, maybe four, um, I, I moved that over to YouTube as well and did blind grilling YouTube channel. And, uh, there was a police officer here where I live in, in Missouri who was shot in the head and he survived. Um, he lost one eye. He had, just a, an amazing recovery that took place. But I wanted to do something to give back to first responders and veterans and others. But but the focus mainly was first responders and veterans who have suffered vision loss to to give them back, to say thank you for the service they've, they've uh, engaged in for our community, for our country, uh, and uh, and to let them know that that vision loss doesn't mean their life is over. They can still be productive, um, you know, citizens uh, in the community and their family and their neighborhoods. And so, uh, so I wanted to do something. And so we turned Blind Grilling into a 501c3 nonprofit. And we began getting together uh, with various companies such as Big Green Egg, um, Kick Ash Basket, uh, Lane's Barbecue, Flame Boss, which I mentioned earlier, uh, and, and several others. But um, and, and we started trying to find, you know, raise money and try to find some folks that we could encourage and help and give back a sense of independence, um, you know, to them. And, and we've, we've been able to do that a little bit. We've, we've provided eight complete packages and uh, just over 20 partial packages um, of different accessible items to individuals to help them you know, get, get to grilling, you know, and, and be able to do that independently by themselves, um, which is something that many of them thought they would never be able to do again without some type of sighted help. And, um, and so that, that's been our goal, you know, is to continue that. We've got a couple people in our sites for uh, this year, in fact, that we would love to help. There's a, a police officer uh, that I've, I've recently found out about in Illinois that has been, um, but in fact, like 2007, I think he was shot in the face and suffered vision loss, um, and a few other, um, you know, a, a few other uh, things, but, uh, you know, has come a long way. He's doing very well. And, and, uh, so we're, we're looking at seeing what we can do to help him. There's another individual, uh, closer here to where I'm at that we're looking at, uh, trying to provide a package to. Um, who, you know, suffered some vision loss and, and is trying to do what he can for his family uh, in the midst of this situation. And, and uh, you know, we're, we're wanting to help him out. So uh, that, that's what we're, that's what our, you know, our mission basically is. What we're trying to do is provide that encouragement, that independence, uh, and, um, and help them to know that they, they still are productive uh, people, citizens, and, and able to provide 
in in some way, you know, for themselves, for their family, their neighbors, and uh, you know, just do what we can uh, in, in that area. Just you know, provide recipes. I mean, just you know, we love cooking, we love smoking, grilling, and and just sharing that love with others, especially those who are blind or visually impaired, so that they know that uh, this is something you can do. You can do well, and uh, and you can eat really good. Hmm. Even for a guy that's uh, techno, techno, technologically challenged, right? That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Because because this thing just works. I mean, the Flame Boss. I mean, it just. It, it, you know, I open up the app on my phone and it tells me. And in fact, it I can even ask the Amazon Alexa, it's like, hey, ask Flame Boss what my temp is. I don't even have to grab my phone, you know, to find out uh, what the temp is or to change it or, or anything. And so, um, so yeah, it's it's easy. It works. And, uh, you know, I, I never open a computer or even have to grab my phone uh, on some occasions. So take me back to like the beginning for you personally when you're grilling as your, your vision is either fully deteriorated or, or deteriorating and you're, you're standing at a grill that's, I don't know, gas or charcoal or whatever it is. And you're like, this isn't working. There's gotta be a better way. I mean, was that a, did that happen or? Yeah. Um, it, it, I knew it. I, I, I've almost always used charcoal grills. I've had a few gas grills, but I've always went back to charcoal, even, you know, and after buying a gas grill, using it for um, a month or two, my wife was like, we got to get another charcoal grill. And I was like, yes, I know, I know. And so, uh, so, but I I always had metal grills and, and I always knew that it, it wasn't the best situation, but I love to do it so much that I would power through it. I mean, I burned myself a lot. I've got a few scars and um and one day in 2003 uh 2003 or 4 my brother came and visited my family his family visited my family we uh we're going to cook some steaks and so i got the grill fired up and he came out to you know we're going to sit out out back chat a little bit grill some steaks and so I'm going to the grill and I'm, you know, feeling around trying to grab the handle and, you know, touching the grill and like, ah, ooh, ah, you know, kind of thing. Kind of like one of them cartoon characters running across coals barefooted. And, um, uh, you know, my brother's like, dude, let me help you, you know, and it, which is, you know, the ultimate sin, right? You, you never helps, you never touch another man's grill when you're at yeah. his house. But he, he was finally, he was just like, I can't watch you hurt yourself like this, you know, so. So he jumped in and helped. Well, a couple of weeks later, he showed up at my house with a big green egg, which is a ceramic grill. And he's like, dude, come out here and check this out, you know, and feel around. And, and you know, it was really cool. It was neat. You know, I could tell at the time it was green and it looked like an egg. And uh, he's like, go in there and get the meat ready, you know, and then we'll come back. We'll get familiar with it and we'll, you know, we'll fire it back. We'll fire it up and we'll get going. So I went, I got the, got the steaks ready and I came back out and he said, well, feel around on it a little bit more and make sure you're ready, you know, to get into it. And I'm feeling around I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. And he's like, he's like, uh, I said, let's, you know, let's fire it up. He said, it's already set in 350 degrees. Whoa. Amazed. Cause my hands were all over it. Yeah. You know, I didn't open it, but I was just getting familiar with where it was setting, how you know, he had built a table. So it was sitting in a table and, you know, just kind of getting to know the area that I was getting ready to work on. And here's this grill at 350 degrees and I got my hands on it. And I mean, it was hot outside. I mean, it was, you know, we're talking the middle of summer in the Midwest here in Missouri. And, you know, so, so it was hot, but, um, but I did I mean, my hands were on it. I mean, like resting on it, you know, touching it. Uh, there's no way I could have done that with a metal grill. And, uh, and that, that right there was just a, just huge. I mean, that was just like, wow. I mean, I can, um, yeah, I can take my time, actually feel around and know where I'm at, you know, without hurrying or rushing or, you know, worrying about leaving skin behind and, you know, having ice water close to dip my hand in cause it got burnt so bad. So, uh, so that was awesome. Um, and, and I never, I didn't look back as far as that goes. Now I still had the problem of, of knowing how hot it was. And that was the great thing about kids, right? Hey kids, go out and tell me what the temperature is on the grill. And, and so that's how I did it for, uh, you know, 10, 
um, I'm, you know, going back, looking at, looking at time-wise, you know, for 12, 13 years until I came across the flame boss. And, and then of course, you know, I think my kids were more excited about it at first than I was because I didn't have to ask them to go and look at the mm-hmm. temperature anymore. I, I was doing it all on my own, which was an amazing feeling. Now, how'd you find the flame boss? So uh, there was another unit by another company that was that I had actually purchased, uh, and, and these things, you know, at the time are not they're not cheap. And so I bought this unit because my brother had said a guy at work, you know, he's able to get on his computer even at work while he's at home. And, you know, he can check out his, you know, everything. I was like, man, if that's the case, and especially if it's a web base, uh, my voiceover should work with that. And so I took a a chance and I bought it and it didn't work. And not only did it not work, it was so complicated to get set up and try to get, you know, onto your system. You had to set up. Uh, I, I mean, and like I said, I am technologically challenged to begin with. I mean, you, there, I, I don't know what an SQL, SQR, whatever. I don't know. There's things you had to do and had to know, uh, back doors you had to go into and, and things on the web to get this thing going. And it, it was a nightmare. And even for my kids trying to get it set up, and, and some of them love technology and they were just like, this is, this is complicated. And, um, and I saw someone post something about flame boss talking about it, doing basically the same thing. And I'm like, you know, I, I'm not going to take that kind of chance again. So I called flame boss and I said, listen, this is my situation. And I, I want to know before I buy your product, you know, is it accessible? Can I use it? Because I've got your competitors and it it's, I can't use it. It, it does nothing for me. And, uh, and they said, you know what? We don't know if it's accessible or not, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to send you one. You get it hooked up, call us with any questions, you know, we'll help you if you need it, whatever, but we're going to send you one. You tell us if it's accessible. And so they sent me one. I didn't have to buy it. They just sent me one. And I get it. I get it hooked up. It's it, it right off the bat was super simple in that respect. I did have to have in that first unit I had, which was a 200 um, Wi-Fi unit, uh, you did have to have sighted assistance to f- enter in your Wi-Fi passcode. Uh, but once that was done, um, you know, it was web-based at the time, and it was partially, ex- I could get all the information, but I couldn't change any of the parameters. I couldn't change the temperature, you know, set the alarms or anything like that. So, you know, I talked to them, and they said, well, let us work on it. And the next thing I know, they said, hey, we are uh, sending you a package, um, you know, so when you get it, you know, give us a call. And so I received like the next day I received an Amazon Echo, which I, I you know, one of the, the big tall ones, the, the Amazon Alexa, and they had created a skill. And so, so I got it hooked up. I got the, the black, you know, the flame boss hooked up to my, my big green egg. And then I just talked to the Amazon Echo and, and asked her, you know, what the temperature will ask her to change the set temp and, and it did it. It worked. And which was which was a great thing that were that was awesome, but I still wasn't able to use it on the phone just yet. And they said, Look, we are working on it, right? We are in there, we're in the process of creating an app, and they wanted to make it sure it was accessible. And they did, they created an app so it was no longer completely web based, and they made it accessible. And and they've continued with all their updates, everything they've done, they they made it accessible and. They, you know, they once we became a nonprofit, they said, you know what, we love what you're doing. We're going to provide, uh, you know, a unit for each of your packages that you that you give. And so, um, you know, up to so many a year, but still, never, you know, I mean, they, they they're providing them, and and it's been awesome. It's been awesome to work with them. You know, here's a company that, you know, the number of blind and visually impaired individuals, while it's growing after <laughs> everything I've said about them. Um, it is so still very small that it's, if no blind person was using their units, 
uh, you know, they, they wouldn't feel it, you know, financially. Mm-hmm. It, it, that would not be a huge blow to them. But they care enough that they made sure that if there's a blind or visually impaired person who wants to use it, they can. Yeah, that's that's a great story. And it kind of seems like the, the Flame Boss in general was kind of designed um, not for people with uh, vision impairments, but I mean, it, it hits almost every spot where somebody in that situation would, would be able to use a product like this. So it's almost designed for visually impaired um, exactly, but really not at all which is what's so yeah, crazy. I know. Yeah, it's crazy that way. And and in fact, the 400, right? So they did the 300, which you still needed some sighted assistance to get it connected to your Wi-Fi. And then they came out with the 400, which you don't need any sighted ex- assistance. You know, as someone who's blind or visually impaired can get the Flame Boss 400 and without any sighted assistance whatsoever, they're able to connect it to their Wi-Fi uh, using the Flame Boss app and their, and their, uh, and their phone. And, um, you know, with the voiceover or whatever technology you have on your phone, you're able to go through and get it, you know, direct connected and to the Wi-Fi, put in the password and, uh, it, you know, there's a process to do it, but it, it's doable without any sighted assistance whatsoever, which is, again, um, it, it just it's just awesome to have that power and independence Um I mean, it was awesome with the 200, the 300, but when, you know, when you go get it hooked up, it's like, all right, get some sighted assistance, get it. But now with the 400, no, nah, I mean, it, yeah, it's just not needed. It's, that's, uh, that's a great thing for someone who's blind or visually impaired. I, I think that's something that a lot of folks miss, um, you know, and you think, well, I mean, you know, ask for help. It's no big deal. Ask for help. Right. Well, you know what, for some folks, and maybe it is a pride issue and maybe it's, it, it, it and that can be a dangerous thing. But, you know, when you can do it on your own, I mean, there's that sense of accomplishment means a lot. Yeah, it does. And so I think you said you've, you've delivered eight packages and, and 20 or so partial packages. I mean, that's got to be a pretty great feeling too, um, to see all those things happen for the type of thing you just described that, that you've experienced. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, the full package, complete packages, I mean, that's a, a grill, that's, you know, all the accessories, you know, rub saw, that's everything. Partial packages, you know, that, you know, we, that does not include a grill. Um, you know, it, and it depends because sometimes people have a grill already or have, you know, the egg themselves or family have got them the egg and then they just need some, you know, a little extra bump with a few other accessories and, and things. And um, so, you know, some of our other partners provide us with things. So we, we do some partial packages that way. Um, most of them have included the flame boss, but not all of them. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it does feel good. It, it really is. It's nice, you know, to be able to help someone in, in that respect. And, uh, you know, all the feedback we get has just been amazing. Um, and, you know, we, we'll, we'll, we'll do our best to continue this. You know, we're not out there um, pushing people to give or support, you know, like a lot of companies are, you know, we're not having commercial. We just, we just do little things here and there. Basically, you know, when we, when we're ready to do another package, we raise enough money for that package. And then we, and, you know, we go to the next one. Um, so we don't have a lot of reserves, you know, everything we raise goes to the packages, um, and some traveling expense. Cause we've traveled to, uh, Florida, Illinois, Georgia, Texas, um, you know, mailing things out to California, Nevada. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we, you know, Pennsylvania, New York. I mean, you know, so we've, we've done a lot of that Michigan, uh, you know, mailing things out to various places and, and sending things out and then traveling, you know, to deliver the packages. So some of that, you know, is an expense that, um, it, you know, covers the cost covers that, but, but it's all going towards those packages. So that being said, what, uh, what is it that keeps blind grilling going? Um, how, how can people support blind grilling? So, um, you, you know, to support Blind Greenland, of course, uh, we uh, most of our donations either come in directly through 
uh, like our PayPal account, uh, through our email, which is blindgrilling at gmail.com. Uh, we are a 501 C three. So, um, you know, any donation is tax deductible. Uh, but our PayPal account is basically through our email blindgrilling at gmail.com. Uh, our facebook.com slash blindgrilling has a donate button. So facebook.com slash blindgrilling. There's a Facebook, uh, there's a donate button there as well. And so that's, that's generally how most of our uh, donations come in. Um, if you want to send us directly, um, you know, a, a check or something like that, um, there are, you know, email us and we can provide you with that information, blindgrilling at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, and, and that would be a way, you know, checks made out to Blind Grilling Incorporated. And uh, that that would be the main ways that folks can donate. Wonderful. All right, Chris. Well, thanks for visiting with, uh, with us today. And uh, I'll let you take us out. What is it you say at the end of uh, all your videos? Absolutely, man. Hey, you know what it is. If you're looking... You ain't cooking. Thanks for spending time with the Ambiguously Blind podcast. Please rate and write a review wherever you subscribe. And connect and share with us at ambiguouslyblind.com.